on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Yeah, let's talk some golf right around Australia. Very warm welcome to you in what was a very interesting week. A man we'd almost all forgot about, Taller John Up, in particular in the back nine last week. We'll get to that shortly. We'll talk Australian putting. And Marco caught up with a very special guest during the week. We'll find out who that is in around 20 minutes' time. Hello, Mark Allen. Yeah, Lieutenant Colonel. We'll talk mm. to him in a tick. Uh, Australia taking on England in something that you mightn't normally associate with Australia taking on England about. All anyway, right. we'll get to that soon. Looking forward to it. What did you think last weekend? Um... It's funny, you know, I got up, I, I usually go for a walk on Monday morning, and mm-hmm. I got up and I quickly flicked the TV on, make sure I wasn't missing anything, <laughs> and I just saw Ricky Fowler bogey the 10th hole, and, you know, he was just out of it, gone, went, went for my walk, came back later, went upstairs to have a shower, came back down, and saw him hit that three wood to the 16th to two feet, uh, tap in eagle putt, and and then the commentator started talking about what he'd done the last four holes, four in the last four, birdie 17 and 18, I mean... I don't care what anyone says. Some people look at uh, the Players' Championship and they look at the last three holes and they go, oh, it's not classic golf. It's a little bit cheesy. I'm telling you, it's the best golf to watch every year just about, except for the Masters. Masters usually always produces, but you can almost guarantee something spectacular happens on the finish at the Players' Championship year after year. Year after year. And it's happened again. For Ricky Fowler, the birdie of the hole... Three three times in a row on Sunday. That's one thing. He, mm-hmm. he birded it five out of the six times he played it for the week. You know, you hit the green five out of six times for the week and you've done pretty well. He's birdied the hole. He's birdied 17 five out of six times for the week. Pretty impressive. How, how much will this give him? How much confidence? Because he, I wouldn't say he's fallen off the planet, but he hadn't really made that next step up like an Adam, you know, like a, yeah, yeah, a, Adam Scott or a Rory McIlroy. Well, he's only won one event. Mm. And that was... That was the Wells Fargo. That's that's the, t- the tournament they're playing now. Yep. But he won that in two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, well, you know, last year we, we, we've said it a hundred times. You and I have said it a hundred times. He finished top five in all the majors mm-hmm. last year. The big four tournaments on earth. He finished in the top five every single one of them. So, but he didn't win it. He didn't win one. This is the thing. If you yeah, go back to that win. Wells Fargo in two thousand and twelve, yeah. on the back of it, the first yeah. clubhouse after it, we would have been sitting here saying. It's just a matter of time before Ricky Fowler wins yeah. a major. Yeah, you're right. And the Players' Championship is only second mm-hmm. to a victory. Now, I think he's won another one somewhere. Might have been on in Asia or something like that. He had an amazing pedigree amateur career. His pedigree as an amateur was you know, Unreal. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. A dream. A dream run as, a, as an amateur golfer. Um, but he's only 26, you know. He only turned 26 last week. Uh, I reckon... Are we harsh on him? The the, East, the yeah we are mm-hmm. and the players were real harsh on him, you know how there was a a poll um, done by the US uh, tour players yes faceless didn't put names to them yeah and one of the questions was who's the most overrated player mm. uh, Ricky Fowler won that one now that wasn't people voting because I think people genuinely like Ricky Fowler mm-hmm. like the way he plays mm-hmm. and uh, respect respect his ability, uh, but you know some golfers some professional golfers. A lot of them, their noses can really get out of the joint. A lot of these guys walking around the tour, you know, they've won two and three times. But in, in saying that, they they need to make anonymous because oh, yeah. to get the right answers. Yeah, that's true. But I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, that's true. But some of these guys, you know, they've won two, three, three times, mm-hmm. four times, and they wouldn't be getting 
the coverage that Ricky Fowler gets. So Ricky Fowler gets the primo groupings each mm. week. You know, he's not hitting off at 7 o'clock in the morning or 6.30 in the morning, kicking the dew off the ground like some of these guys are. He's faced quite often when he turns up to a tournament. If Ricky Fowler's playing, Ricky Fowler's pitcher mm. is up at the front gate. So a lot of the other pros, when asked who's the most overrated player, well, when they see Ricky Fowler's poster everywhere, when they see the beautiful tea times that he gets, and when you see the coverage, when you see you know people after he signs his card, putting a microphone in front of his face, asking Ricky about how he went, then I understand that there's a lot of golfers out there who'd go, oh, hang on a second, yeah, come it, on, I'm hang, better than this bloke. Hang on a second, hang on, because he's, he's very marketable. He's, yeah, he's, he's a good-looking young guy, he's, he's a you know, all the rest of it. He's got good personality. And as you said, he did finish in the in the top five all majors last year. Last year. So he's there and thereabouts. So when you and I are discussing mm. uh, Ricky Fowler, we might have a tinge of disappointment that he's yet to win a major, even yeah. though he is young. Yeah. But if you are on the pro golf tournament, uh, pro yeah. golf tour, you've got to understand that this guy is an unbelievable talent and he is there in the firing line. So while we're harsh, yeah. they've also got to realise where they sit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course they do. And look, here's the thing. If you are just a, you know, Cause he's not getting brown top, pant he's wearing... Not, he's not getting top billing over Rory McIlroy. If you're just a dirty old brown pant wearing, <laughs> boring... Oh, no. He comes with Jimmy comb your hair to the left type person on the golf tour and you've won twice that doesn't matter that does not mean you are good for the game of golf and the pga tour and the television networks Mm. clearly the television networks are going to do what's good for them yes but what's good for them is good for golf so you know there are a few crusty old types out there who probably got their knickers in a twist because you know ricky fowler's Always got his face on the front the, door when they when they drive through, but stuff yeah. The Rory McIlroy's of the world wouldn't care. The Adam Scotts wouldn't no, care. The Tiger no. Woods well, wouldn't post, care. They're all poster they're all poster boys. boys. They're all poster and for, boys, and for good reason. They're all poster boys. Mm. But it would be the non-poster boy type that has voted Ricky Fowler to be Give me the most name. overrated who, player. Who do you think? Jim Furyk. Who do you think? <laughs> I don't think Jim Furyk. Well, he's won nine. Was he won almost twenty times? Yeah, no, but he's the Jim top. Jim wouldn't care. No, but he, no, no. He, he's the guy that would care because he has won a lot. But you don't ever see Jim Furyk on a billboard when you go to a, a golf course or a tournament. Rory Sabatini comes to mind. <laughs> I reckon he would care. Oh, Rory Sabatini. Yeah, he may well care. He would care. Rory Sabatini's got nothing to worry about, has he? Well, what's he? What would he be concerning himself with? Would he genuinely I, believe that he should be on a billboard look, instead of Ricky Fowler? I'm speaking out of school. You're asking me. You're asking me. You know, a lot of these guys, you see them on TV, you, you look at them and go, I don't like you much. And then you meet them and they're, good blokes. they're decent people. Yeah. And that happens to, to everybody, I reckon, a lot of the time. And then there are others, you go, wow, I reckon he's all right. Yeah. And you meet him and you go, like oh. who? <laughs> All right. No hey, players Championship, playoff, of course. Three-man playoff yeah. last weekend. Aggregate playoff. Why? Uh, good question, mm-hmm. young man. Good mm-hmm. question. Uh, the, the answer is um, that the PGA Tour wants to elevate this to a major, mm-hmm. to have major status. Mm-hmm. So when you have a playoff uh, at Augusta, it's a three-hole playoff mm-hmm. these days, or a two-hole playoff. It's an aggregate playoff. It's not sudden death. It's an aggregate playoff. At Augusta? Is it? No, it's not. Was it? No. Well, Adam Scott. They changed it. Maybe they changed it. They might have changed it since then. But they yeah. had, Adam Scott won on a playoff, and it wasn't aggregate. Was it the third hole though? Did they mm. play two holes. Anyway, that, that doesn't matter. Maybe the Masters is the only one. But U.S. Open is it really? Yeah, U.S. Open is still an eighteen-hole playoff. 
Or it was for a long, long time. No, well, hang on. 18, an 18-hole playoff. It's too long I'm like, on a Monday. But it is too Crazy. long. But if yeah. you do do that, I yeah. understand you're making them play yeah. the entire course again. Yeah. Three three holes from mine doesn't make any sense. And I don't like it. As a, as a golfing fan, and the same thing with the World well, the Match The British play. Open does it. The Open Champions, yeah, they have a four-hole. They do have they? a four-hole. Yeah, they have a four-hole aggregate playoff. And I'm not sure about the PGA. I reckon they're taking away from the game of golf. The World Match Play where, you know, everything counted for every single yep. match. And yep. now, something that is really, I guess, intriguing in the world yep. of golf is that you need to stand up. You've done all that great job. You've played well for four days. And right now, you're equal with somebody else. And you stand on the tee knowing you need to play that hole particularly well. Because in three or four minutes, you play one bad shot, you do not win. Well, that's the thing. So that's that's why the majors were always yeah. were always decided over an 18-hole decider. That's been shortened in a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, why has the championship, uh, the Players' Championship done this? It's just the elevated status. You, can't, you can't have five majors, Marco. <laughs> Why the women has got? Yeah, they've, I know. they've got about ten. I know, but they've I, had ten. They've I, had ten different majors in the last you, eight years. But you don't agree with that, do you? No, it's pathetic. You know, I, I think it's four. There's a reason it's a major. If you start to expand the majors, it takes away from what the major actually the is. The only way we can do this, mm-hmm. and the PGA of America has to get on board, mm-hmm. is that if that PGA Championship becomes a floater, so it's not the US PGA anymore. It just becomes the PGA. Mm-hmm. And the PGA's played all over the world. Mm. Maybe every second year or every third year it comes back to America because we know America has a great history with that championship. Of course. But if that tournament was a floater and that went around the planet, then I think there is room for another one. But that's five, that would be five majors. Yes, yeah, five majors. I'm just not quite sure. I think it starts to dilute what a major is if you start to add to the yeah. major realm. It's like in tennis. At, at this at this time now mm. that we sit yes it will dilute it but in 50 years time mm. when golf is truly a global game and we're having majors all around the world is four just enough is four enough because you know what we're only going to have four majors basically in the northern hemisphere summer i mean i think there is room for five if we are inclusive of the southern hemisphere and and, and that's very important to have another major maybe around to I don't know. I would say February. Mm-hmm. So it's right in the perfect time in the Southern Hemisphere to you know get some reasonable weather. So you'd have one in Feb. You'd have then the Masters. You know that that look. I'm I'm thinking out loud. I, I, I think I I think if the US PGA stays the same, then it's going to make it really hard for the Players Championship to become a major. But if the US P, I shouldn't call it the US PGA. If the US PGA just turns to the PGA, mm-hmm. and it's for floater, then I think five majors is is okay. And in 50 years' time, we look back and go, fantastic decision. That idea's been around for a while, you know, the floating one, PGA. Yeah. There's talk that Australia might get one, yep. you know, I think that they would, yep. may have been the bidding PGA. or whatever yeah, was going there on was there. Talk, there was talk. Where are we? It would be probably seven or eight months ago when this first was yeah. spoken about. Well, Is think, there any movement? I think it was the 2020 PGA, US PGA Championship that mm-hmm. was uh, up in the air and that hadn't had a home. I think 21 and 22 have got homes, but the 2020... At this yeah, stage, I don't understand I how that they, works. Uh, it's one of them. It's, it's it's one of them up there. Well, how does that work? How, how does twenty twenty one have a home, but twenty twenty doesn't? Cash speaks. Many but then why doesn't twenty twenty one? Whoever's hosting it in twenty twenty one, why didn't they host it in twenty twenty? Because I think it's really on the drawing board for. I think it is up there on so, their whiteboard. Should we do this? Should we do this for the better of our great game? And I, and I think the answer is yes. I agree. And I, I and I think. They're talking about, I reckon it'll go to Asia. Mm-hmm. I, I think it will go to Asia. The money in Asia, um, the golf's booming in Asia, and it's also, in, most of it's in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. I think mm. I think you're going to see 
2020, that's that's going to be on the table for a while. So I, if they can get their act together, get the players in, then I think you'll find the PGA may one day, maybe not 2020, but at some stage will be floating around the world. I look at the the, the players' championship. It's very similar in the world of tennis, which is where we compare it because four majors and, yep. and probably similar circuit is the fact that you know the the Masters, the Masters finals, ATP finals at the yep. end of the year. Yeah, that, yeah. That's where I see the players' championship. Yep. In, in the same kind of realm, I don't necessarily mean it needs to be termed a major yeah. to have, I guess, the intrigue or yeah. the excitement of an actual golf tournament because last weekend was outstanding. Yeah. The, you know, the best golfers in the world were there and we saw an outstanding ending. And well, I, I don't think it has to be called a major for people to get really excited well, about it. Well, it's interesting you say that because yeah, that, that tournament that you're talking about, the AT, what, what was it, the Masters? ATP Finals. finals uh, Masters yeah. Finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, where top, top eight. I know, qualified, yep. I know what you're talking about. That's kind of the equivalent of the FedEx Championship, yeah, I guess and, so. and I guess the and also the the race to Dubai, which I think has been very successful. I think there's been an added focus to golf when focus used to drift off. Once the you know USPGA was played, mm-hmm. then quite often it just you know. But I'm does it capture, thirty years ago? Does it capture we used to the golfing fans? Does it capture the golfing fans? Uh, the USPGA, no, or the FedEx the Cup. The FedEx Cup. Uh, the, the, the fans really care about. It. I think they no, care no, about no, the no, four majors. No, 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 no. I think I think their level their level of care has gone mm-hmm. up. But I think that level of care has gone up because media outlets have gone. Okay, come on, this is the FedEx Cup. You know, this is the grand final, mm-hmm. and I think it's covered a little bit differently than the tournament that would normally have been there at the same time. You know, it would have been some tournament in how I don't many, know, Florida. How many Let's, people play in the FedEx Cup? Uh, well, I think 120 qualify yeah. for the first week, and it goes down to 90, yeah. then about 75, then 30. Cut that something out. Like that. I reckon if you made that the top 16 golfers, no, I like that. Really? Yeah, I like it. The, the, I like, I like, I like it. I the like thing it. the ATP does particularly well is at the Masters. There's only eight, the best eight in the world are there. Yeah. So it, it automatically has that intrigue and that excitement yeah. because you're game. like, oh, hang on, it, no doubt, Different absolutely game. no doubt. But when it, when it comes down to it, I don't actually think the Players Championship needs to be termed a major because I, I think everyone understands. That it's a it's a hugely well, popular tournament. Yeah, well, look, once upon a time, the U.S. Masters wasn't a major. Mm. When Arnold Palmer won his first U.S. Masters in 1958, mm-hmm. it wasn't a major. Remarkable, isn't it? It was the American Golf Writers Association. February 1960 said, "Okay, boys, what are we going to do? What what are the majors? Let's 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 kind of let's get together here and, and and do it, because you know the British Amateur Championship and the U.S. Amateur Championship they're not cutting it anymore. Mm-hmm. We've got tours all around the world." What are the four majors? And, you know, some guy stood up and said, well, the Masters, the US Open, the Open Championship, and then the PGA. And then for a long time, the Open Championship, the British Open, was just, you know, was disappearing until Arnold Palmer went over there and said, no, 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 let's do this. Let's make sure that the British Open is one of the majors. Hold that thought. I've got a question for you next right here in the clubhouse right around Australia. Expect anything different? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. seen anything like that. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Yeah, you most certainly are. Marco's masterclass isn't too far away. We're going to talk putting. Putting? Well, in a moment. Australian putting to be precise. But we are talking players' championship, majors and all yep, the rest yep, of it. Yep, 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 yep. How does a tournament become a major officially? Like if some ridiculously, say Richard Branson yep. wanted to have a golf major yep. and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a golf tournament here in Australia, a Royal Melbourne, and yep. I'm going to tip in on my own cash $10 million to the person that wins it and yep. speaks to the PGA. Yep. 
Does that become a major because there's an amazing amount of money connected to it? Uh, no, not not initially, but uh, I think that he would get world golf championship status mm-hmm. reasonably soon. Because everyone but would come. He, he won't get major championship status for a while. I mean, it has to be something incredibly special. So mm-hmm. Augusta is incredibly special. It is. It's an incredibly special place, yep. and the players love it. The US GA mm. are an enormous uh, association, a big, powerful group. And their US Open, men's and women's, they are the premier events, you know, open to all comers. And that's fantastic as well. So that's up there. British Open, of course, the oldest one. And the US PGA, well, it's kind of there at the right time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got probably the status. But, you know, a, what's more, a, a huge body. What's more special? The US PGA, the Players' Championship? PGA of America over there. Uh, well, uh, look, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think the Players' Championship is a better tournament. Mm-hmm. It's not the trophy I'd want. Mm-hmm. Not at the moment. I mean, if I had a choice between winning a PGA or the Players' Championship, I'm going to take the Players. I'm going to take the PGA but every is that, day. But is that only because it's a major? It's only because only because it's a major. So if, if it swung around and the Players' Championship was a major and the PGA wasn't, you would swing your idea yeah, about the no, trophy. Well, I think the tournament's a better tournament. The Players' Championship's a better tournament. This is, this is a bad look for golf then. If you've got a you're major, not me, mate. you're not kidding. If you got if you got a tournament, the Players' Championship, you're not kidding. That it, is better than a major. This is why the US. PGA, they know that they have to do something here. Because mm. the PGA, I think, I, from what I understand, um, as far as ratings and as far as people interested in the event, the PGA has, uh, the Players' Championships overtaken the mm. PGA. It's certain, without doubt. I mean, I know Fox Sports. Fox Sports sent, um, you know, they sent a team over there. They sent people Remarkable. over there to cover the, the Players' Championship. I don't think we have people on the ground. I don't think we've had people on the ground at a PGA Tour event for a long, long time, such as the importance of the Players' Championship these days here in, here in this country. And Tim Sheridan was on the ground over there Remarkable. doing stuff. So, that I was mean, surprising. Well, that, but that, also good. It, it looks, it's great, and it's a great event. Like I said, well, at the very top of the show, those last three holes are a must-watch. Must if, if you're anywhere near the hunt, anything can happen. If you've got a five-shot lead going to 17, then I'm watching that tee shot. I want to see what happens there. All right. And even the same, if you've got a five-shot lead going on the 18th, I'm watching that tee shot. There's a lot of water on the left. All right. Hey, uh, Martin Blake wrote a really good article during the week about Australian putting yeah. and how it's struggling. It's really struggling. It's one of the worst. I'll throw some stats at you that he, he, he gave us in Give the article. Give me the stats. Uh, three of the worst. This is in the 202 uh, golfers. Robert Allenby's 190th. Yep. This is obviously st- uh, putting statistics. Yep. Adam Scott, 193rd. Jeff Ogilvie, 199th. Yep. Uh, you know, Johnny Sennon's 126th. Yep. The only Aussies in the top 20, Badley and Greg Chalmers. All right. right. So we got two of the best in Badley and Chalmers. Yep. Jack, Jack Newton and three said, of the worst. Jack Newton said that Australia is producing too many players with great golf swings, but inferior ability to get the ball yep. into the hole. Oh, you look at the stats. I think mm-hmm. you're right. All right. 100% right. Is it coaching? Is it uh, people not focusing on putting? How does wh- why are we in this situation? Because we got there are two things here in Australia. There, there are two things that destroy you as a putter. Mm-hmm. One bad surfaces. If you've grown up on bad surfaces, like you know, someone like John Sennon did like coming up in uh, Queensland, then in actual fact, you don't know. You can hit you can hit a six foot putt exactly the same twice, and one miss on the left and one miss on the right. So how do you practice for that? I mean, you go, oh, that one missed left. Okay, I've got to try not to miss this next one left. You do the same thing and it goes out to the right. right. So bad surfaces in this country are a problem. The other one, the other one that wears you down over time, uh, the ridiculously fast greens that we seem to have in this country as well. So some of the greens that we have, especially down uh, Victoria Way, 
some of the greens are so ridiculously quick that it is it, it does your nerve no good. But mm-hmm. you get to America, you know, you you put on the greens in America or even England. England, the greens are slow enough to where you know the six footers go in because the ball's travelling pretty quick. But in America, the green surfaces are pure. Wherever you go, it seems. Wherever you go, the green surfaces are pure. And if they're not, then they rip every green up and they do it again. So they are perfect because otherwise no one's playing. So if you've grown up on billiard tables, then you know exactly what a beautiful stroke feels like because the ball just keeps on doing the same thing. In Australia, John Sendon, you know, middle of Queensland, if you practice your whole life, you never really know what a beautiful stroke feels like because you can make a beautiful stroke and it misses. And then you do another beautiful stroke and it misses. And then you go, well, you start pulling your hair out. What am I doing here? So but this the one thing America has, the, the, one, the one thing that America has over the rest of the, mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the world are pure putting surfaces. Now, I'm not saying they're not pure putting surfaces here in Australia, but not many of the best golfers that we see come from the best golf courses. Normally, the kids who are coming through are the hungry ones who, you know, grew up in the middle of Queensland, like uh-huh. John Sendon. You know, they, they're not at Kingston Heath. They're not at Royal Melbourne. You know, eventually, they usually, you know, dispatch. Down in Victoria, they get, um, you know, they get recruited to play uh-huh. pennant for them. So, you know, you get a lot of these kids coming from the country who actually end up playing pennant for Commonwealth or Victoria or Kingston Heath or whatever. But they still grew up on those Shepparton Greens or, you know, uh, the, Mild- the Mildura Greens. So it's very, very important if you're a kid, and I've, I've, I've got a couple of kids that, I've, that I teach, and one of the biggest issues for them is not having a decent surface to putt on. So you know, I, I tell them not to practice putting. I tell them don't practice well, putting. Hang on, that's not going to help at all. Well, I, they, they, I certainly, they're not allowed to practice their six-footers. They can practice their two-foot putts, which are very important. So you're saying me that if you don't have a great putting green, don't even bother? Don't even bother Ooh. practicing six to ten-foot putts or even 20-footers. Because you're expecting, I mean, if you're good, you're mm-hmm. expecting the whole 20-foot putts. Of course. So I tell those kids, if you've, if you've got a poor putting surface, practice your really long 60-footers just, just for pace, basically. And practice always. You always, no matter what happens, you've always got to practice those short putts. Because if you start missing short putts, that just goes right through your whole game. You start missing. If you start missing two footers and three footers, even if the two and three footers just start going in the edge, in the corners, that ruins your confidence for everything else that you do. So you've always, no matter what, You've always got to practice those two-foot putts just Does a little it, bit. You, when you're talking about poor, poor greens and poor surfaces, are you talking about the courses or the actual putting uh, practice greens? Both. both. Look, you, you, There's no excuse for a putting green to be in no good shape, is there? Uh, yeah, money. money. Money's a key factor. Money's a key mm. factor. A lot of the clubs, especially down south, they, you know, power, they, they try and get the power, the power, then the power flowers, and then the green grows at a different, mm. at the green grasses, you know, they grow at different, different speeds. Yeah. And, 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 you know, people... They're, they're not. They're not billiard tables. Putting greens are not. Even the most pure putting greens, uh, are, they're not billiard tables. Who's the best putter in the world? Do you think? Oh, Jordan Spieth oh, is Jordan is is, yeah. is my view oh. from what any, I've been from the yeah. golfers. I've, I've, I've any looked, non-Americans you can think of who are really good putter? Any non-Americans? See, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I have no yeah, doubt that it well, hurts. It, but like this, the situation we are in here, surely that's an issue right around the world. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. It is. So I don't absolutely look. Absolutely, it is, and that's why. Look, I think if look, I, I was stats. really lucky when I was a kid, I grew up at Huntingdale, and Huntingdale had these perfect greens. You know, they had the Masters there mm-hmm. every year, and you know, if you, you you knew if your stroke was any good, and, and in the end, I became 
a pretty good punter. Mm. But there are other kids who, you know, who I grew up with, um, you know, who, who were in state teams and things, and they'd grown up at courses, you know, that weren't up to scratch. And they were shocking punters. <laughs> Even when they got to the most beautiful greens, yep. they just didn't know. They just didn't know what Remarkable. a good stroke felt, felt like. So that's very, very important. But your question, so Rory McIlroy's not a... Rory McIlroy's not Jordan Spieth. I'm assuming Northern Ireland have issues like we do. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming yeah, not, do. not every surface, putting surface yeah. in Northern absolutely. Ireland or in Ireland or even in the UK is going to be good because absolutely. the weather dictates that to a little extent as well. Absol- absolutely. Right. absolutely. So look, that is, that is a factor and that's why you'll find that many, many more American golfers will be better putters purely because there are many more golf courses in America with pure greens. Let's get to a break. Plenty more Clubhouse coming your way next right around Australia. Expect anything different. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Expect anything different. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Yeah, you are right across Australia. We're talking all things golf. We're going to get very shortly to Marco's Masterclass. That's in around five minutes' time. But before that, earlier in the week, Mark Allen and Craig Spence caught up with a very special guest who is participating in something that you might not have known about, but it's an outstanding story. Let's have a listen to what this man is doing. <laughs> hey, boys. Uh, there's been a little bit of golf, uh, unusual-style golf. Uh, Australia taking on Britain. Now, this is the Clyde Pierce Cup, and it's the first Australian event uh, in the Battle Back program. Now, I think they played at Commonwealth uh, on the 11th. That's a couple of days ago. Now, we've got Lieutenant Colonel Tristan Crew on the phone. He can tell us more about it. Uh, uh, do I call you Lieutenant Colonel or do I call you Tristan? Uh, Tristan will do, yeah. Good idea, Tristan. Tell us about what's happening, mate. We've, I've heard a little bit over the uh, past couple of days, but uh, we'd love you to give us a, a real update on what's been happening. Yeah, we've uh, uh, we've had a wonderful two days uh, in the inaugural uh, Clyde Pierce uh, Trophy event. Uh, we've been playing against the, the, the British wounded, injured and sick uh, community, much of which have been injured in Afghanistan and Iraq. Have uh, come over to play the uh, Australian uh, wounded, injured, and sick in this uh, in a Ryder Cup style format. So, I mean, it forms a it forms a huge part to their rehab. I think you know the um, golf is is ideally suited to to um, these these injured service personnel. It's, it's much be as we all know, it's virtually adapted anyway with carts and trolleys and uh, and the rest. Um, but also the most important thing probably is the handicap system, which allows every single individual to compete against each other on a level playing field. Um, whether or not you're, uh, you have a, uh, a mental health disorder like a post-traumatic stress disorder or whether or not you have uh, lost both your legs and arms, um, you can compete using the handicap system, uh, which, makes it, uh, which makes it a wonderful sport uh, rather than sort of having to categorise. Tristan, it must be wonderful for, 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 the, for the servicemen to be able to get together and sort of, you know, be amongst each other when... And, and they all know what they've been, each other's been through. And is this something? Do they get to be together very often, or do these do these sort of opportunities not come along very often? Uh, well, I think uh, that obviously less often when uh, when uh, individuals are left the military, and then quite often uh, with these individuals, they uh, they've got life changing injuries, which were often preclude them from carrying on with their with their mm. military careers. So we have a you know, situation where. Uh, they, they are not able to uh, to carry on serving, uh, much as to their disappointment. Um, when you get taken out of that community and then you move into um, into the civilian world, um, which out of the ten guys we've got over here, um, uh, six of them are now uh, veterans. Uh, they don't have the uh, they don't have the same support network that perhaps uh, they they would have had in the military. 
and indeed they become uh, to a certain extent isolated. And if you then put them um, together in these sorts of formats and come away like we have for the first time here to Australia and uh, and um, and get the guys together, the, the, the therapeutic effects of that are, are quite marked. And Tristan, was that your main motivation when you uh, got involved in, in getting it together in in terms of golf? Was that your main motivation? Was to was to provide something, another opportunity for these for these men, ladies and men to get together? Well, I, yeah, I don't know if it was my main motivation. I'm I'm a physiotherapist by trade, a physiotherapist in the British Army, and uh, really, as far as it, that that was concerned, I was really looking very much on the focus of the, of the physical rehabilitation of these individuals. And you can understand, you know, if you swing a club when, you're, when your balance is compromised um, uh, or you're getting in and out of bunkers or moving up onto tee boxes, then it's all very good physical rehabilitation. But the more I get involved in it, there's definitely uh, a, a, a huge psychological uh, benefit from being involved, not just the, the team aspect that we've just spoken about, mm. uh, but also the self-esteem gains that you can get from competition, which uh, a lot of these guys have had uh, competition and, and the opportunity for competition taken away from them. Uh, and the, again, with the handicap system, again, which makes it so valuable, is that when you see your handicap start to come down and you start to see these graded objective improvements, uh, you get a, a real sense of achievement and it boosts your self-confidence and esteem way beyond other sports they're able to achieve. Tristan, I'm just reading down the sheet here. You've got uh, Corporal Louis Smith. Uh, he was hit by the blast from a hand grenade while on patrol. Um, snapper Curtis McGrath, uh, he was clearing a checkpoint, uh, stepped on a landmine, subsequently losing both of his legs. Uh, you've got Brendan Dover, suffered a foot and hand injury, an IED explosion in Afghanistan. So we're talking about some real serious injuries here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, life changing, life changing stuff, which, uh, uh, which you know, you, you don't just get over uh, like that. But I mean, the initiatives like this are certainly helping to, to support them. I mean, what I would say is that we, you know, we started the golf program in the UK in in 2009, and, and Battleback is an initiative, a military initiative, which is designed to get guys back into into um, sporting and adventurous training activity. And I just happened as a secondary duty to my main role to run. The arm, the, the golfing arm of it. Uh, the uh, what what needs to happen, as far as I can see, in Australia is the is the guy to get behind the the injured servicemen here and to offer something similar. And we're very we're we're very very lucky to have the support of the golf industry in the UK, with 230 golf clubs offering free access for the guys, and 70 PGA pros also putting their names down to uh, to support the program, and uh, and give free coaching to our individuals. So we're now starting to grow some really good golfers. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's something uh, it's all well documented in his book, you know, Reach for the Sky, and uh, uh, he was an amazing inspiration for for our guys. And, uh, and certainly, um, they can take an awful lot from his achievements and what he was able to do. I know legs you get down to two handicap. I can't tell you how difficult that is, uh, particularly when you've lost your legs above the knee, which is. Uh, uh, which is a, a, a markedly different to whether or not you've lost below knee or above knee. Indeed, in the military, certainly around Headley Court, the premier rehab centre for the for the armed forces um, in the UK, they they uh, call it if you've lost below your knee, it's just called a scratch. <laughs> sounds, sounds like Monty, sounds like Monty Python. Um, it certainly does, doesn't it? Yeah, Holy Grail. Who's winning? Uh, ah, your score. Yeah, well, that's all important. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, perhaps we shouldn't put too much benefit, uh, too much uh, emphasis on this because it is the first. It is the first of the tournament as such. Right. Sounds, like, sounds like we're winning. After the first day, no, uh, no, 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 no. Of course not. Um, after the first, uh, after the first day, the uh, the UK team were um, uh, three and a half, one and a half up, um, and uh, now we're six and a half, 
three and a half up. Um, going into the individuals, which is on Friday, and we're playing at Huntingdale on Friday, um, where they go mano man on the uh, on the individual format to try and uh, see if they can gain the last ten points. Hey, what so time? All to play for. What times it hit off? Because I reckon there'll be people around who'd love to come down and, uh, and and get give you some support. Yeah, we're there from nine o'clock. From nine o'clock. Lieutenant Colonel, I'd like to come and see you. It's quite a spectacle. It's quite a spectacle. I, I will say, yeah. the one arm guys hitting the ball at like 230, right. 240 yards. It's quite impressive. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And uh, if it's a rainy day, just get inside that beautiful Huntingdale Clubhouse as yes. well. It's an absolute cracker. Lieutenant well, Colonel, it's, it's been wonderful here because they sorted the weather out for us. It's <laughs> like, uh, just like home. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Colonel, thanks for your time. Good luck with Thank everything. You. It's a, a fantastic thing you're doing, and I did see that. Um, your Prime Minister uh, gave you a, a big award. He's just been voted back, uh, David Cameron. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. Thank you. Very kind. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tristan. Good on you. Lieutenant Colonel Tristan Crew. Expect anything different? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Marco's Masterclass. All righty, let's do it. If you want to get involved at Mark Allen SEN, you can tweet him or you can, of course, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the clubhouse. Righto. Your grip is probably the most important thing. Of course. When you play golf. And you want your grip to be exactly the same all the time if you want to hit exactly the same shot all the time. Agree? That makes sense, doesn't it, Cameron? I am nodding. Righto. These days, a lot of people buy golf clubs off the rack, mm. and they come with not only different grips, but different size grips. Now, a different size grip affects your grip. So if you've got a driver with a thin golf grip, and all your irons have got a different grip on it, then that's no good for your game. So this is very simple. If this is the case, you can actually get those grips very very cheaply, made to feel exactly the same as the grips that you predominantly have on your golf clubs. There would not be one pro, not, not a seri- not a fair income pro, who would have uh, different grips for different clubs. It is absolutely wrong. So if you're looking for that little inch, if you're looking for that tiny little advantage on your opponents, it's time, if you've settled on, a go- if you've settled on your golf clubs, to have every grip in that bag exactly the same. The same length, the same color, the same thickness, the same tapes underneath, exactly the same. And even though they might be different shafts, a good club maker can make this happen. So don't don't put up with it. If you've got grips that are different, help yourself out. Do yourself a favour. Go and get a, a whole new set of grips and make them exactly the same on every single club in the bag. It'll help you. All righty, yo. Before we do get out of here, Marco, I've got to mention this. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have numerous discussions regarding females and having yes. babies and getting married. And you've been big on the fact that Roy McIlroy broke his engagement off, become the best golfer in the world. Correct. What do you think of Ricky Fowler's girlfriend wandering out there or fiance? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure what the uh, relationship status is. But what did you think when she wandered straight out there with a uh, fairly passionate kiss? Well, I was disappointed for Ricky's mother. <laughs> that was his was, mum, was it? No, no. But his mother was the in the one. background. That's not, not, not the his one. Mum was him, in, his mum was in the background, <laughs> and it was Mother's Day yeah, over yeah. there. And of course, we got one package after another. Mm-hmm. And here's Ricky Fowler's mum thinking that she's going to be the one with the big hug so, after the win. Yep. And poor old Mrs. Fowler just Could got shoved aside so Ricky could pash <laughs> his swimsuit model bikini. 
girlfriend. Got, got to say too, unfortunately for Mrs. Fowler, that she was smack bang in the middle of the camera yeah. shot as well. So you, you, it's not like she <laughs> was off to the side the, where you couldn't see. You could see the despair in her <laughs> yeah. face. And, uh, she's, um, she's raised him. She's taken him to golf many, tournaments all around the world. How many times has Ricky Fowler won? That's twice. Well, until he's sick of her, you probably won't win a third time, I reckon. Oh. I think he might be a bit busy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. He's doing all right for himself. Get back he? to me if he wins next week, all right? Well, well, well look, wins very, today. Very wins rarely, tomorrow morning. Very rarely happens. What? Two so in a row? You think that he shouldn't be kissing her in such public, passionate ways after winning a golf tournament? Not in front of your mum, Richard. Should have chosen the mum? Give her a nice little friendly peck on the cheek and say thank you for Mother's everything. Day and give your mum a hug for goodness sakes. Then take the girlfriend out the back and you can pass oh, her no. out <laughs> back behind the scoring hut or something. That's been the clubhouse right around Australia. See you next week, Marco. See you, buddy.